Well, please take your seats and good morning. <clears throat> it's good to see you. I think it's a morning anyway. It feels like an evening. We do our best with lights, but it's really good to see you. If it's your first time, first few times, you are so welcome. I want to talk to you very briefly about chestnuts roasting on open fires and things like that. When it comes to Christmas, you know what it means. It means, well, it means coziness. It means warmth. It means we all wish we had an open fire and some wood to put on it in our homes. Isn't that what Christmas means? It means mulled wine. It means uh, new smells. It means the replacement of black and white with gold and other metals in our home. It means coziness. It means loveliness. It means warmth. Uh, it means optimism as well. There is something that happens from the middle of December. People, apart from Brexit, leave that to one side, people start to get more optimistic if we just work together, if we could just get along with one another, if we could just put aside what's happened in the past. There is so much greater potential in the human heart and in the human race if we just got on better, if we just worked more clearly together, the world would be a better place. But then comes the question of honesty. Here's the question of honesty. You read the newspapers, whether it be electronically or you flick that stuff called paper. Remember that? You read the newspapers and you see the stories around the world that are hard and difficult, that are sad and true. You come closer to home with another N. Rather than newspapers, you listen to people in your neighborhood. You spend more time with people who are your neighbours when it comes to the Christmas and the Christmas season. Life is hard for people. Anniversaries of Christmas and January the 1st's, they are hard and painful when you look back on what has been and then you look at empty chairs. You read the newspapers, you look in the neighbourhood, things are hard when we look at our life. And I want to read to you four sentences from the Bible we're doing something in the month of December that Christians have done for the past 2,000 years. When we look at Christmas time, at the identity of who Jesus is, when we look at Easter time for the reason that Jesus came, we see that in the midst of this darkness that is out there, God has done something about it. That's why the candles are lit, because in the midst of darkness there is light. And it's a person whose name is Jesus. And that's why we can see and understand that light entered into a dark world. The first reading from a book called Isaiah, seven, eight hundred years before Jesus was born, a prophet who spoke God's words looks forward and says, God is going to do something about the darkness in this world. A light is going to come. The one whom Isaiah pointed to came. The one who we've sung about who is the king of the angels, well, he was born. But we're not looking at who Jesus is through Matthew, through Luke. We're using a book called Colossians. Here are four sentences that should come up. Let me read them to you. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. That's Jesus. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and hostile in your minds, doing evil deeds. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body 
That puts Christmas and Easter together in those four sentences. This chubby little baby who was born around December-ish time, 2,000 years ago, puts together the humanity that we all share and the divinity that's his alone. This chubby little baby, truly man, truly God. How can that be? Paul says it happened. Paul, who wrote these words, and because of his arrival, light in the darkness, we can sing these words. Hark, the angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. And what's the great news? The light in the darkness. Peace on earth and mercy mild. Why? Because God and sinners can be reconciled. Here's two words for you. Darkness. Here's the second one. Light. Here's darkness. Darkness is out there. I've said to you it's in our newspapers. I've said to you it's in our neighborhoods. But it gets far closer in this verse. Verse 21. It says, You who once were alienated and hostile in your minds. If we were to read on, it says, There are things that happen in our hearts and in our nature that we read about in our newspapers and experience in our neighborhoods. The problem is not out there. The darkness is also on the inside. I'm not afraid of anything. Apart from this, I don't know if any of you have a phobia like I do. I hate needles. It doesn't matter if they are going into my flesh. I do everything to avoid that, by the way. I have white coat syndrome to the max. When I went to the dentist recently, I saw the side of the needle. I'm not prone to exaggeration. And I said, I'll go without anesthetic. Just give me a time. How long do I need to... Not grip my teeth because you need to get in and do some stuff, but how long do I need to count sheep going over gates and whatever I need to do to get my mind off that huge needle because I don't want it near me. I hate needles, whether it be a dentist with a white coat, whether it be a nurse or a doctor. I hate needles, but one thing a blood test does. A blood test, when it's tested, it reveals truly what's going on. I don't mean to burst your Christmas bubble with a needle, well, maybe a little bit, but do you know what this sentence from Paul is saying? Well, it's a bit like a blood test. It doesn't say there's this darkness out there, there's darkness in here. And we need something to happen about it because we can't help ourselves. There is darkness, you see, in our lives. And in our minds, we are, the word there is hostile. We're aggressive we'd rather rule our lives than have anyone else do it let alone God if he exists we would rather make our name big and great so people remembered who we were after we were gone rather than making much of God's name who is worthy of praise the darkness is in our newspapers in our neighborhoods but Paul says it's in our nature as well we're hostile it's like a toddler we're just bigger toddlers aren't we a 42-year-old toddler in front of you, we shake our fists, not at our parents, but in our attitude, we're hostile towards the one who really matters, and that's God. That's what this sentence says. But having focused on the darkness, God has done something about it, because only he can, and light has come into the world. Now, that's what Christmas is really about. Darkness in our newspapers, in our neighborhood, and in our nature but then God acting in a way so that light has come into the world. There's a huge contrast in these words. I don't know if you noticed it. It says, from, from once you lived like this, but now you behave like this. 
Once you were alienated, you were divorced from, you were separated from God, but now you have been reconciled. How? This sentence tells us, through him, that's Jesus, God has done something. God reconciled to himself all things. That's a big little word. Making peace by the blood of his cross. How can there be light when there is such deep darkness? Newspapers, neighborhoods, and in our nature. Because God has done something about it, that's why. Because Christmas and Easter must always be kept together. And God has sent his son Jesus, who is not just a light, he's the light of the world, who points us to God. And this sentence says that he's done something, and it tells us how he's done it. It says that light has come into the world, and because Jesus has come, there is now peace between us and God. And how is that possible? Because of a gift that arrived at Christmas, and that was given at Easter. And that's the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone's put it like this, Jesus, Jesus has entered our futility. He's taken on our failures. And because of that, we can be part of his family. Jesus has entered into our futility and failures so that we can enter into his family. Here's a contrast for you. The religions of the world would say, if you work as hard as you can, then God will be pleased with you. Newspapers and magazines, maybe your workplace, maybe the reason you go to work, secular society says if you work as hard as you can to earn as much as you can, you can have the best life that you can. But Bob Dylan was right. Men and women can't save themselves. And Christmas is the truth that God has sent his son on a rescue mission as light, the light, has entered into the darkness of our world to rescue us. To rescue us. To live the life that we can never live and to die the death that we should have died. That's what Easter is about. But Easter begins at Christmas and that's why we keep the two together. Jesus came as light into darkness to to overcome the alienation, to bring us back to God, to replace hostility with peace, to drive away darkness like turning on a light as he entered into the world. But this reconciliation is not just between you and me and God. It's bigger than that. I was once in a lecture hall. There was a time before PowerPoint believe it or not, it's where these really cool things called overhead projectors. Remember those? They worked without these things. And the the man was teaching us, and as he put out his hands to make a big expression of a bigness, to explain the bigness of the small word all, he accidentally knocks this glass that was on top of the OHP, and it smashes into hundreds of pieces. Immediately someone gets up to pick up the pieces and to tidy up health and safety probably. And he said, don't do it. Leave the pieces there. It's absolutely perfect as a picture. That's what our rebellious nature has done to God's world. It's like it's been smashed into smithereens. It's been damaged, but not forever, because light has come into the darkness. And all those small pieces of brokenness that the world has been tainted in its beauty 
by our rebellion against God that the Bible calls sin, God is going to do something wonderful and put it all back together. But not just back together with bits of glue all over the glass. He's going to make it even better than it was before and greater than it was even in the beginning. You see, reconciliation, light coming into darkness, God is not just repairing a relationship between you and me and him. That sentence says he's reconciling the whole world because light has come into darkness. Now, how is that possible as I close? It says here, this baby who came at Christmas... This baby who speaks words of authority as you look at his life. And so creation recognizes its maker's voice and works in a uniquely different way. For in Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, to reconcile to himself all things. That's the glass. It's not just you and me. It's bigger than that. The whole of creation, all the things we can see with our eyes and all the things we can't, God is bringing back to himself and under his authority, whether on earth or in heaven. And how is that possible? By making peace with and by his blood on the cross. This is the Christmas story in a sentence. Sin is the problem. God's grace is the solution. And Christ was born to make that grace available to anyone who will believe. That's what we sing about. That's what we celebrate as Christians. That's the whole point of the Bible. It tells a better and a new story. And the story focuses on a baby who was born at Christmas, who died at Easter. Why? Because light came into a dark world to drive it back. We see small pockets of that now. And to reconcile men and women, boys and girls, to God, because we cannot do it ourselves.